Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger. They tried to keep me away. They tried to suspend me from the podcast, but I am back, and I am joined by Scott Reynolds. It was only a matter of time, Scott. They couldn't keep me with two days. I think that's the longest I've I've not been on the podcast since the season started. So I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think maybe so. when I moved, maybe I missed two days in a row when I when I moved. Yeah, I think so. But good to be back on the show. Good to be back from suspension. Uh, good to be back here with you, Scott, because it's a great day to be a Bucks fan Ooh. on this Pure Report podcast, which is energized by Celsius. And Dominican Sue is back. Donovan Smith is around here long term. I don't know what Bucks fans are going to think about that. We're going to get Dang. their thoughts and opinions. There it is. Sue is back. Beautiful graphic by our Scott Reynolds. As always, the graphic king himself. Dang. Y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know Scott had that graphics ability in his game. But he does. Donovan Smith extended. We will get thoughts from Bucks fans on both of these moves in the chat uh, on today's podcast. We'll also talk about James White signing elsewhere, if you haven't heard. So you, Bucks fans can can let go of their dreams of James White. And we've got some mock draft talk going on today, too, don't we, Scott? We do. We've had back-to-back days of mock drafts here on PeterReport.com. We unleashed the Bucks seven-round mock draft yesterday. Talked about that at length on the podcast with Mark Cook. Uh, John, I want to get your thoughts on Joseph Asai, our first round pick. You and I collaborated on that decision, but I want to hear your thoughts on on the pod about Joseph Asai. And then, boom, today, your second version of the NFL first round mock draft and uh, a different player, a different player at number 32, mm-hmm. but a familiar player. We'll get into that as well. So uh, back-to-back mock draft talk, but we're going to kick things off with talking about Dominica Sue's return, Donovan Smith sticking around for a little while, and uh, and of course this little tasty beverage right here, John. Ah, let's talk. Let's talk about it. That's right, John. Celsius. I got Everything. Fuji Apple Pear today. That's that's a top five for me, man. You know that's that. Top five. It's good. I really like it. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of the strawberry guava. That's my yeah. new favorite, I think. But Fuji Apple Pear, definitely, it's going to be right. It's in my top 10 at least. Um, well, I'm going for a, a workout one. after the show. And, and listen, Celsius is great for workouts, but they do something with the Celsius heat that just absolutely energizes my workouts. So I uh, highly recommend this. I'm going with the, the orange sickle today. Uh, mm-hmm. That and the blueberry pomegranate are my favorites for the Celsius heat. What's your favorite out there, Pewter Nation? Well, if you're not sure, click on those banner ads, those Celsius banners on pewterreport.com. They're going to take you to Amazon. You can check out all the flavors there, and you can get them uh, buying in bulk to save some money. You can do the subscribe and save to save even more money. And if you're not sure which Celsius flavor you want to try, well, maybe you just pick up a can at your local convenience store, Target or Walmart. Uh, grocery store, health and fitness store. You can find out where the places to sell Celsius are near you. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, boom, all those locations will pop up and go grab uh, a Celsius can and, and let us know what you think here on the Peter Report podcast. 
Yep, it's good stuff, and I love. I, I'm like I said, big fan of the fact that there's isn't that drop off when I drink it. I love that, uh, like there is with with other energy drinks. You don't get that uh, with Celsius. So love that. Lane Johnston wants me to quiet down, but I can't. Lane Johnston, if you want to listen to a lullaby podcast, buddy, go check them out. I'm sure Apple's got plenty of those. But on this pod, we are psyched up, Scott, because Indomitian Sue is back with the Bucks. I mean. This is this is first of all the move to bring Sue back was something that we kind of expected, but at the same time it completes this picture of the whole defense coming back for the season. The only defensive players who were really you know you could even refer to as slightly key parts of last season's defensive effort: Ross Cockrell certainly for a few games, right. Steve McClendon filling in for Vita Vea. Those are the guys right now that are out there uh, and that are unsigned uh, as free agents, and the Bucks are in position to maybe bring back the whole group this year. Yeah, and uh, Michael Henderson asks, what about the specifics about the Sioux contract? Uh, what's the 2021 cap hit? To be perfectly frank with you, the deal's not done yet. They're still working on That's it. Right. But they pretty much agreed to terms and principles. There's no turning back right now. Sue wants to return. He's the only place he wants to play. And, of course, the Buccaneers want him back, and they need him back, John. We've been talking about this the last couple of days on the Peter Report podcast. This this defensive tackle draft class, and you wrote about it in your Bucks briefing, is just – it's awful. It's – it lacks quality. Mm-hmm. It lacks quantity. Yeah, it's not good from from a talent or depth standpoint. So I think the Buccaneers have made the right move in bringing back some veterans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dama returns, and then of course uh, Raheem Nunez Roches returned last week on a two year deal. And I believe what we're going to see is we're going to see some voidable years in the Sioux deal, but it's going to amount to a one year deal uh, around nine million dollars. And uh, that might be kind of a big shock. They did not get a hometown discount with Indomitian Sue. He had some leverage in the situation. And why not? The guy upped his sack total to six during the regular season, then had a sack and a half in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and, and played a real integral role. And you didn't see that run defense drop off a bit, John, without Vita Vea. Right. Indomitian Sue, Will Golston, and, and uh, Nacho played a big role in that. Also, Steve McClendon. Right. And the one thing we left out, and if you know, like we could revisit our Bucks battle plans, it would probably be a better understanding of void years going into those, right? Because that's made all this possible. You know, I see Teddy uh, kind of asking here in the chat, how in the world have they maneuvered the cap so well while other teams have struggled? I'm not sure decided to utilize the cap and utilize void years the way that the Bucks have because they're not in the same Super Bowl type window that yeah. the Bucks are in. Now, some have. The Steelers have used them. Certainly some. The Saints have used them. I believe the Chiefs used them a little bit uh, in a contract restructure for a couple of their players. And so teams have used them. But again, these are all teams that feel like they're in a win-now win window. And so they are kind of utilizing this technique where other teams are obviously not going to try and kick the can down the road at this point in time. And that's one of the reasons why – Sue's contract, it was able to be what it is. And by the way, in the chat, if you are happy about Indomitian Sue coming back at the rate to Tampa Bay, all of that kind of stuff, and I know there's some contract details, give a thumbs up and let us know. This uh, this is something we'll be doing more of on the podcast is asking for input, and we'll also ask for input on the Donovan Smith side of things as well here in a few moments. But now if you're a fan of the Sue move, give the thumbs up. If you're not a fan of the Sue move, you think it was too much money or you don't think you think he could have been replaced by somebody else, give the thumbs down. Let us know what you think, uh, and we'd appreciate it on the chat. But Sue is back in that that cap hit of $9 million probably going to see it parts of it kicked down the road into, into void years something to note with the void years because the total nine million it would be a lot in one year but right. when you're breaking it up in those void years not nearly as much or nearly as detrimental to you so the fact yeah. that they've been able to do these short 
like under $10 million deals for guys like he and Gronkowski, but use those void years, not hurting you as much as even a Brady deal where it's like a lot more money and using those void years for right. a lot larger of a total. So the void years aren't quite uh, as big a deal. Don't do quite as much damage uh, to the team down the road. Yeah. And I think the thing to, to uh, understand about why they've been able to get away with, with, with all of these uh, void years and kicking the can down the road is because they haven't kicked the can down the road before John. Right. Bucks and, and Mike Greenberg, especially the team's capologist, he's the director of, of football administration, has done a fantastic job of avoiding the use of signing bonuses. Right. And, mm-hmm. and when you don't use signing bonuses, uh, what he has done, the mechanisms he has used, instead of, of having a signing bonus, he has uh, given roster bonuses. So the players are getting that money up front in, in some of these deals that they've done. It's just not in the form of a signing bonus. What's the difference? A roster bonus is money up front. It's cash up front, but it is uh, it goes towards that year of the cap. Whereas a signing bonus, the, the value there is you get to prorate it. So let's say yeah. you have a signing bonus of, of $5 million and it's a five-year deal. Well, that's a million dollars that's going to hit the cap every year. And if you cut the player after two years, well, the last three years of that that $3 million proration is going to hit that year's cap. Well, the difference is what Mike Greenberg's approach is, has been is you're going to get the $5 million up front. It's going to count in that year's cap. And guess what? Right. When you sign a player, John, you're not going to cut the player that year. You want the player that year. And we've also seen guaranteed money. And typically what Greenberg will do is put that money over the first two years of a deal. So if it's a three, four, five-year deal, the first two years are guaranteed. And then, you know, you're going to have that player on on the team that year. And even if they don't live up to expectations, probably going to be on on that year, or I I should say on the team the second year, right? And we Mm -hmm. saw Ryan Jensen sign and didn't have a great season. And he'll admit that himself. But he came back, lost some weight, and had a a bang-up 2019 and a Mm -hmm. bang-up 2020. Right. 2018 wasn't that great. We have seen Mike Greenberg and Jason Light cut some players, after one year, they did that in 2015. After one year of Josh McCown, left tackle right. Anthony Collins, right, uh, or I should say, defensive end Michael Johnson. So it's not like they're going to to you know keep guys on there, but but that's been the mechanism. And what that does is all the guaranteed money is paid up front, mm-hmm. and that way, if they have to cut a player in year three or four of that deal, there's zero dead cap space, right. zero dead cap money allowed, and uh, and that way they're not kicking. The can down the road. Now they'll do that a little bit, but the fact that they haven't done it in the past, they haven't accumulated that massive dead cap uh, pile, mm-hmm. um, it helps them out. Right. And and you're also looking at a 2022 offseason in which if they continued to do that, it could be a problem long term. I don't think that's going to be the case in 2022, though. The reason they're doing it this year is just because the 2021 cap is so tight and they want to keep everybody together specifically for this season. Now, next season, it's not really as big of an issue. They might not use void years at all, to be honest. If the cap goes up as expected, I mean, look look at their roster. If you were using void years on guys like Alex Kappa, Jordan Whitehead, Ronald Jones, OJ Howard. That's when it gets. That's what the Saints right. started to do. I mean, they started to yes. kick money down the road with the Taysom Hills, the Anders Peets, you know, right. those kind of guys who they didn't need to have in the in the big picture of things. They should have yeah. tried to replace them and have the opportunity to upgrade through the draft. The Bucks haven't done those things. So if you're trying, if fans are worried about one becoming the other, mm-hmm. 
A, the Saints gave themselves a lot of rush shots at a Super Bowl, which was a good thing, even yeah. if they didn't break through. Um, and B, you know, the Saints have done this for years and years and years. The Bucs yeah. are just doing it this year, and then I bet next year you won't yeah. see it at all. They'll let other exactly people watch. Right, They'll and, focus and on Carlton Davis. You're, you're exactly right. And they don't have to do it because the approach that they've used works. Yeah. Using roster bonuses rather than signing bonuses, guaranteeing the first two years of, of a player's contract, that that's worked. That's kept them out mm-hmm. of salary cap jail salary cap hell if you will and and so i expect them to do this the other thing that worked in the bucks favor mike greenberg and and jackie davidson and jason light they knew this was with these new tv deals coming into play you're going to see that cap rise by about 20 to maybe 30 million dollars next year Um, because listen teams don't like this decreasing of the cap uh from 198 million to 182.5 million because uh, it de- decreases their chances of keeping good players, right? right. The players don't like it because the salaries are smaller, right? right. Jack Million didn't get $20 million. Why? Because only a handful of teams could have even afforded him, mm-hmm. right? Rather right. than maybe half the league. So with half the team sidelined in free agency this year, um, all of the, the players' salaries came down. That's not what agents want. That's not right. what players want. So right. you're going to see this rise and, and then – Guess what? As that that cap space rises, then you can afford some of this dead cap money in the future. So it's no big deal. Steve Munoz asked a good question: Who has the best chance of cracking the Hall of Fame? This Jason, feels like a this feels like an off season question, doesn't like a it, summer it, question, right? Like a, yeah, like a summer show topic almost. This is a great question, by the way. Cracking Steve. the Hall of Fame, I I, yeah. I I would say maybe Levante David has probably had the best career. Yeah, but I would I, think, I think off the top of my head, I would think Jason Pierre-Paul is the least likely. I think he's only yeah. made two Pro Bowls. I, I would be shocked to see him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. The other two, I think have, I think Sue might have the best shot because, I don't know, it's tough. I mean, David has been the best player for the most yeah. consistent amount of time, but Correct. we all know that the Hall takes in other thing, things into consideration. So that might be a fun one, Scott, for the for the summer. We'll we'll throw that in the rotation for the summer. Remind yeah. us of that if we forget, fans. That'll be a fun discussion. And we could even talk about other Bucks on the team. That, you know, how many Hall of Famers are on the Bucks right now? It's a, it's a yeah. good discussion question, too. Mr. Bucks Nation, honor to have Mr. Bucks Nation in the chat here. He says, uh, John and Scott, Pew Report, let's freaking go, boys. Do you see guys? Do you guys see the Bucks adding any outside guys left in free agency? Thank you for the five dollars super yeah. chat. I really have no clue. I mean, well, they're, they're, they're up against it right now, but they're up against it. And we were talking about about James White, right? Yes. And James White's going to re-sign with the Patriots. That is a, is an indicator to me that Leonard Fournette's not going anywhere. And we talked about this, and we wrote we've written a couple stories about this uh, over a week ago, John. That. Mike Greenberg, Jason Light, they, they cut as they go. And we knew right. that they needed to do an extension or a pay cut somewhere to create the cap room to start getting this, this last wave of free agents, the Indominus mm-hmm. Sues, the Leonard Fournette, the Antonio Browns, the Blaine Gabbert, hopefully the Ross Cockrell because I think he played well. And, and so now we've seen uh, the, the Donovan Smith extension, which we'll talk about in a second. But I think now Leonard Fournette is back in play because I believe James White would have been the replacement for right. Leonard Fournette. Not the guy that's going to carry the workload, but he would have been the third down back. Right. And it's interesting because the Patriots had some interest in Leonard Fournette. So with, with James White returning to New England, I think they're bowing out of the Leonard Fournette sweepstakes. This is my guess, educated guess. Yeah. And I think that's a good sign for Leonard Fournette coming back to Tampa. 
It is. And, uh, you know, the other thing is Seattle, obviously, too. They re-signed Chris Carson, and that was the other team that was interested in Leonard Fournette. So both of those teams going different directions. Not saying Fournette couldn't still go to New England. It still could be a possibility. Um, you know, I know we spent a lot of time with Fournette. There's just no way you can convince me the Bucks are, like, in a any type of precarious spot if they were to lose yeah. out on Fournette. And the fact that it's they haven't made him a priority helps them because they likely can get him back with a lower price tag and incent- more incentive-laden type of situation um, for this season too, because they've waited it out and probably played hardball with the market and, and yeah. bet on it. And they've been right so far. So now if Fournette comes back, it's probably cheap enough that I won't get on the show and be upset about it or do a Leonard segment or something like that. Um, Leonard! So all parties, <laughs> Leonard segments. Come on, all, That's right. All parties can be happy because, except for Leonard. Maybe he wanted yeah. more money and, and, and more of a role somewhere, but right. he'll still get a chance to do that in Tampa Bay. But here's the thing, Scott, to me, and I know we'll get to our, my mock draft in a little bit and, and, and mm-hmm. your mock draft and some of the thoughts around from running back as a potential need for the team yeah. in the draft. I mean, if Leonard and, and Rojo are both back on one-year deals right. and you don't have any tr- – you know, right now there's no trust in Keyshawn Vaughn. Obviously, he's got to earn that. Yeah. It's still a priority, right, for, to, for 2022 oh, yeah. to be able to have a guy that can step in. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. But uh, I think we would really kind of be remiss if we didn't talk about the Donovan Smith extension. This is something that, that we kind of – we forecasted for, for quite some time. Uh, talked about it in the pod. We've written about it, John, and it finally came to fruition. Uh, you're talking about uh, Donovan Smith being in his contract year. Mm-hmm. And and listen, it's always – I think Jason Light has referred to – to this time period as the most stressful time of the year for front office guys, trying to re-sign your own players, play the free agency game, make the salary cap work, right? And let's face it, Donovan Smith and Carlton Davis were going to be the two premier guys that they would have to worry about next year yep. uh, in terms of getting contract extensions. And, and I'm going to say Donovan Smith was going to be – Godwin, Godwin too. Yeah. He was going to be priority number one. Why? Yeah. Because the left tackle – is one of the most important positions in football. They're just so hard to find. This is a homegrown guy, second-round draft pick. I thought he played his best football from the Vikings game through the Super Bowl. And and getting Donovan Smith back is is just awesome because mm-hmm. because you've you've got uh, one of the top priorities for next year already taken care of, and by doing so, it helps your your uh, desire to bring back your Super Bowl team to compete this year. Right. So. Uh, th- this has been an off season of off seasons. You thought last year was great, adding Tom Brady, trading for Rob Gronkowski, and re-signing mm-hmm. Adamica Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul, and all that. I mean, I think the Bucks, Bucks have fans, been- pinching themselves right now, pinching themselves. God, I mean, it's been a quite, it's been an unbelievable year. Uh, now, a calendar year uh, for the Bucks fans. So, thumbs up or thumbs down in the chat for the Donovan Smith, not only for the fact that he's back. But also the contract, the 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 length of time, the amount of the contract, almost a fully guaranteed contract, basically yeah. um, for the next two years. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down in the chat for whether you uh, agree or disagree with the move. Here's what I'll say about the Donovan Smith thing: we have talked about it for months. We have been uh, ahead of this one, and I give you especially props for being ahead of this one. Uh, so we were kind of out in front, knowing that this was the next move, probably for the mm-hmm. Bucks. At the same time, we thought on this podcast that it would be a little bit longer of a deal, right? Three or four years, kind of, we thought it yeah. would, because Donovan Smith is going to hit free agency at 27, 28 years old. Right. If he's if he's a free agent after this year, he was going to. And so 
now you have a situation where he's not going to hit for agency until he's 30. That's we right. thought he would want to extend that out and get this be his last big contract. But right. a couple of things happened. I talked to Brad Spielberger right after Pro Football Focus. He, he messaged me. He said, great deal for the team. Great deal for the player. The Bucks continue to be the best at this was essentially what he said. Yeah. Um, and I said, this is crazy to me because I know it's a great deal for the team. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I, it would be hard to argue with that. I mean, again, you have him basically only under contract the rest of Brady's career, maybe a year after, but that's basically what you're looking at right now. I mean, right. yeah, he can block for Brady. Now you bring in somebody else who's moving all around the pocket. And I don't know, that makes life harder. And, you know, you need an elite player for that. And Donovan's got better. I don't know if he's elite, but again, you to be able to lock in that guy and to not have to raise his pay very much. I mean, you barely raise him. He's what 15 now, basically a year. And so I thought it was great because David Bakhtiari just got paid at 30 and then uh, he reset the market. And then Trent Williams at 33, he reset the market. So you, if you were Donovan Smith, you still have a chance to go out there. If you ball out the next couple of years, I mean, two more years for Brady and then another year after that, and maybe it's Brady, maybe it's somebody else, but right. you have a chance to really get yourself paid still at 30. And he probably well, saw yeah. those guys at older ages, signed contracts. And he was like, I think I it's a good do this when I'm 30. It's a great point. And when you look at this deal right now, Donovan Smith, you know, his previous deal, the average was 13.75 million, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's getting a bump. He's going to be making over $15 million per year uh, with this extension. The thing is, is, is that still puts him outside the top five. So yeah. it's still, I think, a, a bargain for the Buccaneers, a, a real value. It's not like that they got one yes. over on Donovan Smith. I think this is a true win-win situation. You look at Trent Williams at age 33, now the highest paid uh, tackle in the game at just over $23 million. Then you have Bactieri at age 30, as you mentioned, John, $23 million. Laramie Tunsil with the Texans, $22 million. Uh, Ronnie Stanley from the Ravens, nineteen point seven five. Then you get to uh, Garrett Boyles with the Broncos at $17 million. Taylor Luan at $16 million. And so he's right there with Nate Solder now with the Giants. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. He's about tied for seven with, with Solder. So he's He's just on the outside of the top five, and and I tell you, John, he was playing as a top five left yep. tackle in the league during that that Bucks uh, playoff run. Yeah, it really was. Uh, he played great as the season went on. You know, he's a slow starter to seasons. We've seen that for a couple years now, yep. but he's played his best football each of the last two years. He's durable. He stays on the field. But let's be realistic too. I think you're right. The Bucks didn't pull one over on Donovan Smith or anything, but. Yep. This is more of a risk for him. Even saying what I've said about him hitting the market at 30, sure. he's got to continue to play well for a couple more seasons now, three right. more seasons. That's not an easy task. You know, yeah. you know, so in and again, there might be a year after Brady that he has to continue to play well. And so we'll see what he does, but he also has to continue to stay healthy. I mean, to be if he would have hit free agency after this season and right. could have signed a long-term, I mean, you're probably talking about a four or five-year deal, and you're right. probably talking about making 16 to 17 million at least. Per yeah. year on the open market, it, it so it would be twenty million if if he picks up where from where he left off. If Donovan Smith in twenty twenty one, John has one of those seasons where he gives up like one sack or no right. sack. I mean, you're talking twenty million plus. So I think right. I mean, Trent Brown briefly reset the market when his. Yeah. I mean, and he was not a premier player at all. But again, that's what some teams yeah. are willing to break out for tackles who are durable, have started as long as he have, and have the kind of recent results. So. I still don't think it was actually a smart decision by Donovan Smith. I do understand the decision better than I did before. Otherwise, and I should have laid that out probably in a podcast before saying, here's the situation though. He could still at the market of 30, 
and still make bank. That is on the table for him, and I shouldn't discount that. But at the same time, I don't think it was a, the smartest deal for Donovan Smith. It was fine. It was good yeah. for him. Getting $30 million guaranteed is great. But at the same time, you were talking about a guy who yeah. probably would have gotten $50 million, I mean, guaranteed on, uh, on yeah. the open market and betting on himself for one year. But now he's betting on himself for three years, making a little bit more money in the process or doubling the money, I should say, in the process. So it's a good deal. Hopefully he stays healthy. He can cash Double. in. And, and, and when the cap's way up in, in uh, three years, that'd be great. John, you're using terms like doubling your money and cashing in. And, you know, all I can think about when I hear something like that is is our friends at MyBookie. Mm. With tons of college ball and the UFC heavyweight battle for the belt on tap, there is no shortage of action to bet on and make some money with MyBookie this weekend. There is a big, huge UFC fight. Um, Miasic versus Ngao. Part two, headlines, the stacked UFC card with plenty of opportunities to cash in on mismatched opponents and some very likely underdog upsets. Sign up today at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code PEWTER to secure yourself a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Bet the fight, win big, and make sure you use the promo code PEWTER so they know that I hooked you up. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's a big UFC fight, and go ahead and cash in and use that promo code Pewter and, and get up to a $1,000 deposit bonus when you do. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, it is. Uh, one of the other things that's key about this Donovan Smith deal, Scott, you said it. It's two things, actually, and it matters for next season. Next season, they were going to have to replace three offensive line starters, at least yep. right now, according to free agency. Now it'll be two, Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa. We'll see what happens with those guys. It's possible. I, to me, if you're Kappa and you're young, you're probably looking for a full-length deal and to hit right. the market. Um, if you're Ryan Jensen, you know you could be at 30. You know, the, In a couple months, he'll be 30. You know, he's trying right. to potentially extend a few years and maybe finish with finish his career with the Bucs. And so we'll see what ends up happening with those guys. But you didn't want to have to replace three guys. And, and right. You didn't want to have to replace one of and your tackles. The interesting sure. thing is, John, is, is just to kind of switch over to our mock draft discussion – uh, one of the one of the guys we talked about in in our mock draft uh, all the way back in our very first one was Quinn Miners back in February. He was he was our third round pick. We've actually moved yeah. him up in the mock draft that just came out yesterday to the second round. Which keep in mind when you're picking last in a round, it's it's, you're, it's almost like you're you're picking in the third round. But I think that Quinn Miners really is a guy that can come in and compete with Alex Kappa. With Aaron Stinney at right guard, but he can also yep. provide depth at center. He really balled out at the, the center position at the senior bowl after missing all of 2020 in terms of the football season with the FCS kind of being out of business due to COVID. But he played left guard in college and has got the tools and the skill set and the temperament and demeanor and the football IQ to play center. Uh, and I think that's where his future is. Uh, he would be an ideal replacement, an eventual replacement. We're not trying to get rid of Ryan Jensen just yet. Mm -hmm. But when the time comes, you talk about a, a depth piece in 2021 and then an eventual starter either at guard when Alex Kappa departs and we expect that he'll probably cash in. It, it's usually what we're seeing is offensive linemen. If you're any good, you're going to get paid. Uh, but but having a golly Quinn Miners could be a, a player that really helps this team out in, in the future. Absolutely. And everybody on this chat probably knows at this point I'm a huge Quinn Miners fan. I get it's a risk. I understand it. But I think if you're the Bucs, you are trying to find interior offensive linemen in this draft with Smith extended, with Werfs around, you know you know you're offset at offensive tackle. You're not drafting a tackle high. 
but you are drafting interior offensive line in the first three rounds, I think, either a center option or a guard or guard center option, you know, something like that. That's a position that needs to be addressed for sure, and I like Miners a lot. The other thing, though, Scott, is that now, like you said, the Bucs can take the money that next offseason, which they still have a ton of cap space. Right. They can take that money next offseason, and they can prioritize. And not, Instead of having three priorities, now you have two. You have Chris Godwin, right. and you have Carlton Davis, and you try to use your money and your resources to bring those guys back, and then you draft this year to replace the Alex Gappas, the Jordan Whiteheads, the Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournettes, and they will have to. We'll have to have discussions about the tight end position. I know people want to get into it now, right. and it's possible they could draft one. It's possible OJ could sign another deal here, and it could be a cheaper deal. To be honest, because even if he has a good year, it might not be enough with his injury history to, to make hit him big on the market. And so sure. there are lots of options at tight end. Gronk will, I would think, play for another year. If Brady's playing for it. We'll see how it yeah. goes. It's just too hard to say with tight end. But the rest of those positions, that you know, the Kappas, the Whiteheads, the, the uh, Rojos, you know, those kind of guys you're probably looking to, to let move on and you want to be able to replace them in this year's draft or with guys currently on your roster like Mike Edwards and potentially like Aaron Stinney. We'll see right. uh, what happens there. But that that allows them to execute that plan and actually it be realistic. It probably wasn't realistic through Carlton Davis, Donovan Smith, and Chris Godwin in one offseason. Now with a two-year extension, I still think that's yeah. crazy. The Bucks got that unbelievable work. But now they focus on Carlton Davis and Chris Godwin and seeing if they can bring both of those two guys back. Yeah. John, we talked about Quinn Miners, who is the second pick in Pewter Report's latest, this is version number three, Buck seven round mocked draft for the 2021 uh, season here. But but let's talk about, about the, the first pick. We switched mm-hmm. it up. We went with Joseph Asai, the outside linebacker from Texas. We got Mark Cook's thoughts on that yesterday. But, John, you and I really collaborated in this draft, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, on the rationale um, we've, we've presented in our first mock draft, Javante Williams, a running back. We went defensive tackle, maybe probably a little bit of a reach with Levi Anzariki with our second mock draft. Now we go to an edge guy. What's yeah. the thinking here? If the Buccaneers were to go best player available and let's say it is Joseph Asai, what's the rationale for going outside linebacker, uh, there at number 32? Well, I think what we were thinking in this pick is what the box would do. I mean, not necessarily that we hated it, but we were thinking about what's the thought process for the box at this spot. What are they kind of looking to add to their team uh, type of player type of person? And I think Asai represents a lot of that, to be honest. Um, his, his pro day was unbelievable. I, I wish I had the numbers in front of me right now, but his pro day was great. Uh, it showed the kind of athlete that you really, you see on tape, you see, a raw athlete, but you see an athlete. I mean, he's explosive. There's no question about it. He can move great. Lateral movement's terrific. It's all great. He's just not very refined or polished. He's very raw. There's very little hand usage as a pass rusher. He mistimes the snap. He gets off balance. He gets knocked down. Tevin Jenkins for Oklahoma State tossed him around. Um, you know, uh, just trying to be realistic with people. It's probably he's not a guy who I would expect to start early on in his career. But with the Bucks. Right. It makes some sense. He sits behind Shaq Barrett and, and Jason Pierre-Paul. He plays his tail off, so he's going to make an impact on special teams right away. He can also play in, in in pass rush obvious situations. He can be one of your edge guys. He brings that speed and that bend off the edge, and you can get Jason Pierre-Paul inside. We've said it. it the, drafting another edge guy for 2021 is not just about long-term. It's about that player, but for 2021 – the benefit is that it's not just about that player. It's also how he makes them – he gives them more flexibility on long and late downs. The Bucks are up in the game, two-minute yep. situations. 
he gives you the opportunity to put Jason Pierre-Paul in situations where he'll win more often mm-hmm. and make him a better player. That's a big byproduct of it too. A size flexible like that, I could see Todd Bowles moving him around. He played off-ball linebacker early at Texas. He's dropped into coverage plenty. He's definitely the prototype, I think. I know the prototype is hard to nail down because Anthony Nelson and Jack yeah. Barrett look nothing alike for the Bucs. <laughs> but I well, think you know he's the type they like at outside linebacker. It's interesting, right? Because if you look at his measurables, and we have his pro day numbers here as, as well, John, you're talking about a guy that, that still is has the frame, I think, to add five or 10 pounds of size, right? He checked in at six foot four, 254. So he's, he's about an inch shorter than Jason Pierre-Paul, but he's kind of long and lanky. He's got those long Jason Pierre-Paul type arms, but he's not as, as big. He's not 265 pounds, a bigger frame Jason Pierre-Paul has over a guy like Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett is barely, I should say, just under 6'2", 250 pounds. So at 6'4", 254, he's taller than Shaq Barrett, but right around that, that size in terms of, of weight, and so I think he can learn a lot from both of those players because he's kind of in between right. Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. But he's a guy that put up 19 reps, 225 on the bench. It's not a sterling number, but it's not a bad number. He had a 10-11 a broad jump, a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical. So you see the explosion there. And he ran a 4-6-3 in the 40-yard dash, which is not uh, too far off, I think, from Aziz Ojolari, who probably a little bit more polished version of um, – of uh, Joseph Osai, I think Osai is a little heavier right now and maybe has a little bit more power in the the, the speed-to-power type of, of aspect to his game. Yeah. But the thing about Osai is very much like how Vita Vea was new to the defensive tackle position once he got to Washington. He was a running mm-hmm. back in high school. We've all seen those highlights. Yeah, You have a guy that immigrated from Nigeria – to Houston and high school, and really that was his first exposure to football. Very much like Mike Evans, Vita Vey, he's, he's a, a latecomer to football. And he played off-ball linebacker really up until the 2020 season. Now, he was a stand-up guy for that Alamo Bowl, the last game of the season in 2019, and he had three sacks in that game. And we've seen him have a couple of three-sack performances but he's really just scratching the surface mm-hmm. of what he can do as an edge rusher. He does have some of that explosive ability. And I think, gosh, you know, putting him in a room with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul, two guys he can learn and absorb from, Yeah, I, I think this guy's a future starter and probably the eventual re- replacement for Jason Pierre-Paul. And I'm not huge on player comps unless they come to me naturally, but I think you could maybe equate him to a Bruce Irvin type of player who did some off ball stuff, played on the line of scrimmage, was mostly a speed rusher. Now, Irvin never really developed, and I don't know whether Osai will or not. It's really a crapshoot without knowing the person and how well he takes the training. And, you know, I don't know that part of it, but I know that right now, I think his game reminds me a lot of Bruce Irvin in terms of. He's all speed. He's all chase. He's all hustle. It's not a lot of polish or refinement, and you hope he finds more than Irvin ever did. But Irvin still had a pretty decent career just by being a good athlete and sure. um, and and being a guy that had that speed element uh, greater than other guys. So I, I like that part of it. Ty asks about would we rather have Russo or Osai if they go that route. Scott, Russo is nightmare scenario to me for the Bucks. We'll do yeah. a podcast before the draft going through our nightmare scenarios at 32 <laughs> And I'm telling you right now, Russo is going to headline my list. He is nightmare scenario for me. Don't yeah, I think, want him I at think, all. I think the thing is, is I had a conversation with Warren Sapp. Couldn't get him on the podcast yesterday, but uh, but I spoke with him at length on the phone and got his opinion on those Miami guys. If you didn't catch the 
the show, the Cliff Notes version, is not a big fan of Jalen Phillips, not a big fan of Russo. And, and actually, the guy he likes as, as a mid-round guy is Quincy Roche. He sees some dogs. And, and he's, he's got a little bit of, of, of tools, um, very good usage of his hands, and the production's there. you know. But that, that's, that's Sapp's take on it. I, I'm with you, though. I, I'm, I'm not a big Russo fan. I, I think that, that he's going to get overdrafted. Some team's going to look at the measurables, look at the athlete, look at the one-year wonder, and, uh, and fall in love and, and, draft, and overdraft him, I think. Yeah, let's hope it's the Saints somewhere out there in front of the box. That'd be, yeah. <laughs> he's the type of player I could see the Saints just kind of falling. Oh, we, yeah. you know, we lost Trey Anderson. It's this inside-outside rusher guy, like, you know, and, and maybe he pans out. I don't know. But I, right now, I just I, I stay away from edge Davenport. defenders who aren't explosive. The Saints are still waiting for Marcus Davenport to, to pan out. You know? Two firsts. That yeah. year's first. And another. they thought Marcus Davenport. Two firsts. Yeah. No. Oh, no. and by the way, John, talking about first-round picks from the Saints, where's Sheldon Rankins now? He's not in New Orleans. With right? the Jets, right. right. They lost E. They lost Malcolm Brown. I forget if Brown was – he was an early second-round pick maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, second or third, I think. Or maybe, yeah, yeah something was, like he that. He was the better defensive tackle. I think Brown was better than Rankins. Oh, yeah. Health-wise, had a lot to do with it. But, yeah, uh, Brown was at least a, a good run defender for sure. But, you know, I, I I would like to see the Bucks address edge defender for sure. But mm-hmm. it, it does come down to this situation, Scott, and we'll you know maybe even move into my mock here. But it yep. comes down to a situation where this is all scary territory. Acting right. like there's a safe decision at edge defender in this draft, which I would just be lying to you. At 32, if you want an edge defender, there's plenty of talent, but you yeah. are taking. Yeah, you're rolling the dice. You're, yeah, you're crossing your fingers. You're rolling the dice because at 32, like you said. Um, you're not getting a finished product. You're getting you're getting an incomplete guy that you hope you can coach up and develop and put in a situation. And that's why I think the rationale was there a little bit to 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 take a young guy, put him in the hopper. Because John, what's the what's the the nightmare scenario for the 2021 Buccaneers? Jason Pierre-Paul's knee doesn't come around and he's out. Now you've got Shaq Barrett doubled on every play, and you're starting Anthony Nelson. Right? Can't have can't have it. <laughs> You're not going to get the production there, so you need some some splash and flash off the edge, and and uh, and Anthony Nelson's not going to do that. That's why we had um, Joseph Osai in there. And and uh, listen, we have two more mock drafts to go. Mm-hmm. The final one, the final Peter Report mock draft, uh, it might include a familiar face. And and John, this was the familiar face you had in your mock draft uh, today, the first round uh, Buccaneer pick. And John Ledyard's NFL first-round mock was running back from North Carolina, Javante Williams. John, this is a player we both really like. Yeah, he is. I mean, and I'm not advocating necessarily for running back. This was really a mock of what I think could or, or would happen in the situations that I laid out in the mock. And I think he's one of the options. You know, Jason Away was on the board from Penn State. Edge defender Jalen Phillips was still on the board. With Phillips, I know a lot of box fans, why not Phillips at 32? Well, I already did Phillips at 32 once. Uh, so I tried, I do try to change it up just to give you different scenarios, not necessarily just to be different, but I want you to see like different possibilities and, and write about different possibilities so you can see why they might make sense. Rarely when a team's on the clock, is there just one right pick for them? And you know, that that's uh, that's the truth with the box right now, too. So with Williams, I think we've talked about him up and down about how much we like his skill set. Yeah. Um, I think that the biggest thing that keeps I keep coming back to Scott is 
you've got a guy who could be your feature back if you need him to, if, if somebody gets hurt or Fournette's not back, or even if those guys just are kind of underachieving like they were last year. I mean, they took turns getting benched last year. Let's just be yeah. honest. Um, if that continues, then I would say that he's a guy that you could step in in a feature role midway through his rookie season when he's got when he's acclimated. But right. what he gives you on passing downs as a receiver, fine. He checks the box. I think he's, but his ability to break tackles when he gets the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. special, special, t- yeah. special trait uh, for him. Yeah. The other thing that matters is pass protection. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it matters so much for the running back position. I think it's overlooked. And rarely do you get a college player who, yes, I think he can clean up some little details, but the physicality, the strength, yeah. the demeanor, the, the balance. Yes. It all. want to. Exactly, in the want to. It's all kind of there. We actually talked about this. We talked about Javante Williams in depth last night on Locker Room. If you're not aware, Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better sports talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation. Last night on Locker Room had some great NFL draft conversation. It's like usually like you know, 15, 20, 25 Bucks fans uh, or draft fans. We had, we had 49ers fan in there. We talked with for a long time last night talking about the 49ers and whether they're going to be a threat to the Bucks in the NFC. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Conversation always goes a lot of different directions, but we've got a great group in there. We've got some great conversations going. So download Locker Room, follow Peter Report. You'll get invited into those conversations as well. A ton of fun. Give me E or Harris. I am both off the board, uh, Mariotta, in this mock draft. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. We'll see. I think Eugene's going to be off the board. We'll see what happens with Harris. But I think well, that he is going to be. Let, let's gone. talk about that for a second because you had ATN going really early, earlier than I've mm-hmm. seen, and going to kind of a, a, a familiar place, a, a place <laughs> that has tried to get running backs. Um, you know, uh, situated there, and they just signed Mike Davis from mm-hmm. Carolina. They swung and missed on Todd Gurley, but where did you have ATN going? Well, ATN's going to number nine to Atlanta. I know Atlanta's <coughs> not picking a number nine right now, but I had them in a trade back situation with Denver. Denver coming up, Carolina wants to trade up too, but I don't think Atlanta's going to help Carolina out. So I had uh, Atlanta uh, trading with Denver, moving back to number nine. Uh, not many Falcons fans have enjoyed the pick. Uh, that's okay. I didn't necessarily enjoy it either, but I think it's plausible. And here's why Arthur Smith, new head coach coming from Tennessee where Derrick Henry did some big things and yep. his scheme is centered around being able to run the football. That's the place right. start there. And they throw off that with play action and, and things of the like. So you can't do that when you have Mike Davis and Edo Smith lined up as your top two backs right now. So you right. Know, they always were going to find I guarantee you will be one of the teams, unless they trade for somebody or sign somebody that I can't think of that's available right now, they right. will be one of the earliest teams taking a, taking a running back in this year's draft because they – I mean, you're telling me Arthur Smith's going to come in his first year in this offense, and all, frankly, whether you like the Falcons roster or not, they have they have drafted people for that offensive line. Lindstrom, yeah. McGarry, Hennessy, they've filled those holes – Right. I don't know whether those guys are good or not, and we'll find out. They haven't been great up to this point in their career for sure, but they've done a lot of those things. I think running back is going to be a valued position for Atlanta. If they can add another pick and move back in the first round, they might feel like they have enough 
resources right. to and address other positions later. You have the Atlanta trading back, accumulating right. more picks. Correct. And, and then getting a running back. So it's not like right. they're sticking in the top five and picking a running back. Right. But the other thing is, is and you mentioned this in your mock, the, the fact that the Falcons need a ton of defensive help. The problem is, this is not a very good defensive draft. I mean, what are you going to do? Right. J.C. Horn at, at corner of Patrick Sertain. Um, yeah. And they just took a corner in the first round last year. So, I mean, right. I'm not saying they won't again. They very well could. But right. I, don't, I think it makes it less likely. And I had a corner going off the board right ahead of them in that mock draft, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it do, it is a tricky scenario. I'm not saying it's the only direction the Falcons could go. But you're right. They need defensive help, and it's not so. Maybe they right. trade back again. I didn't want to do two trade backs in the same mock, but sure. wouldn't surprise me if they trade way back. I mean, because right. like I said, there's not necessarily a ton of holes on Atlanta. They just need the right. guys they've drafted recently to play way better than they've played, and they haven't done that to this point. John, let's talk about about Mac Jones. The NFL.com mock just came out. They had him going to the Buccaneers at 32. We've talked about that. That's plausible. Uh, we don't think Mac Jones is going to be there, especially right. after a really good workout he had. Um, so let, let's talk about Mac Jones. Where do you have Mac Jones? I thought it was a fantastic fit. Um, you know, team and, and, and coach, right? So where do you have Mac Jones going? Um, we've, we've seen him going to New Orleans at 28 and that Mm -hmm. makes sense because I don't know if Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill is the long-term answer. We know Sean Payton loves quarterbacks, but you don't have him going to that far in the draft. Right. No, uh, and appreciate Edward Fernandez. He's always uh, telling people to give us the thumbs up uh, with everybody watching. Would appreciate the thumbs up. If you're not subscribed to the Pewter Report podcast, go to Pewter Report TV, hit that subscribe button. We are closing in on 4K. We would love to get there, man. We got our site set higher than that. It's it's a slow process with the subscribers, but if you subscribe, you help us out a lot uh, and you don't hurt yourself at all. Really, You don't have to get the notifications when we go live, but uh, hit that subscribe button, help us out and help get us uh, closer to 4K. We appreciate that as well. But yes, Scott, I I like Mac Jones more than I thought I would, to be honest. Um, I don't. By the way, I don't think Mac Jones has a chance of being there for the Bucks at thirty-two. Right. Bucky Brooks is the one who put that mock out, and he does some wild stuff every year in his mocks. Yeah. But I just don't know how you look at the, all the teams that need quarterbacks, all the buzz around Mac Jones, right. and think that he's going to be there at thirty-two. I mean, it's just and the okay. Bucks aren't going to trade up for him either. I, I I agree with you, but if he is there. What's the fit like? Is he worth taking? Right. Uh, so Mac Jones doesn't have a great arm. He has an okay arm. I think it's good enough. How much Arians has cared about that, it depends who you talk to. I mean, certainly he has coached a lot of quarterbacks with great arms and elite physical tools. That's not really Mac Jones. But I think he's a good decision maker. I think he's sharp mentally. I think he works really hard and he's a film junkie and he's the kind of guy that's going to fully commit himself to his craft. So I like some things about Mac Jones for sure. He seems to have a great sense of what's happening around him, including in the pocket at times. You know, there's good pocket movement, despite the fact that he's not a great athlete. My biggest knock with Jones is I always look at quarterback prospects and I say, how high, how far can they get you? And certainly yeah. some guys like Joe Flacco have gone further than I ever could have thought. And even Nick Foles, although it wasn't for a full year of Nick Foles, he right. caught magic and it's possible. Yep. It's just not likely. It's just not. And I just don't think Mac Jones is ever going to be the guy that gets you to the promised land. Right. And the other guys in the draft have potential to do that, I think, at quarterback. Well, the, the interesting thing about Mac Jones is if, if you look at the arsenal he said to work with, right, a, a, a plethora yes. of first-round talent at wide receiver, a first-round caliber running back to hand the ball off to, right? Right. Um, you know, if you surround – And a, a, a scheme, I mean – 
Yeah. yeah. In the scheme, the scheme, yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of easy throws in the offense. Sure. Now he made tough throws down the field. I'll yeah. give him that. He throws with great touch I, and I'm accuracy saying, down the field. You know, if, if he, if he comes to Tampa, I, I, I think with the weaponry that he has here um, and he's still going to have a Mike Evans, still going to have a Chris Godwin. Uh, we'll see about OJ Howard and, you know, Tyler Johnson will be on the roster. Scotty Miller, probably when Tom Brady departs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a favorable situation. It's it's a uh, similar to the, to the talent that he has, he's had around him, and you know, and and he can function, you know, in, right. in that type of, of system. And I, I think that he, I, the Bucks like him. I, I'll let you know that the, the Bucks right. do like Jones. Um, but but here's the other thing, Scott. But, yeah, it's going to be hard for Mac Jones to be the quarterback of the future of the Bucks when Tom Brady plays five more years, or <laughs> when Tom Brady retires after the 2022 season, yeah. and. Aaron Rodgers got signs with the Bucks when they try to you move mean on. Blaine Gabbert? No, I, I mean Aaron Rodgers. No, I definitely do not mean Blaine Gabbert, Scott. Yeah, I thought you meant Blaine Gabbert, so that's funny. Okay, Blaine speaking Rogers. of quarterbacks, all right, we're going to address the the elephant in the room here. Uh, long lost laser with this two dollars super chat wants it to be read. Fine, we the people need the Freeman 2013 story, please. Okay, I put that out on Twitter today. Uh, we're a competitive bunch over here at Peter Report. We love Jill Beckman. Buck social media director, and if we should lose this uh, March Madness media tournament that we're in, um, I couldn't think of a better person to lose to. But at the same time, we still have 23 hours left, or 20 hours left uh, mm-hmm. in this this poll. So uh, go over and vote at that poll. You probably, if you follow our Twitter feed, where we've taken we've retaken the lead, 54 uh, percent to 46 percent. So um, yes, if if we end up winning that that uh, poll. And being crowned, we've already been named the, the, the top Bucks media outlet, which is awesome. We appreciate everybody out there for voting. Uh, thank you yeah, so much. Awesome. You're the reason why we do this. It's you, the Buccaneer fan, the Peter Report reader, listener, viewer, subscriber, all that stuff. We, we appreciate you guys. Um, should we come out on top? I will come back on Monday. I'm not going to be on tomorrow, but on Monday, I will reveal the Josh Freeman 2013 story in, in, its, in its entirety. And it's John, a great story. <laughs> it's it. an aw- I couldn't believe you tweeted that because you didn't tell me you were tweeting it before you did. And then no, I saw it. I was like, oh, dang. Like, it's just an awesome story. We're it's a competitive fun. bunch. I'm just saying. You know, we, yeah, we, that's we, true. We like compete. And, and, uh, and uh, I said that I would tell the Devin White story, the Devin White pass coverage me story yes. and the yes. combination of those that's, events because people have kind of joked about it recently. So you, and they're kind of two piecing things together. stories on yes. Monday. Uh, right. If you, if we win. And we did take the lead, I think, last I checked. We've taken the lead. And so, uh, so uh, spread the word and help us maintain in the lead. 20 hours, we'll we'll figure out, you know, what the what the situation is. Now, uh, I will say we have we do have a little bit of, of exciting news right here. <clears throat> a person named Tenacious Buccaneer just became the 40th, 40,000th. Twitter follower. So we just hit 40,000 Twitter followers. Let's Thank you go. all. If you haven't followed Peter Report on Twitter, uh, become 40,001 and 40,002 and jump on on the and pile on, you know, the, uh, gang tackle. Hit that Twitter feed at Peter Report and uh, make sure that you're following us there. And while you're at it, if you're watching us on Twitter or Facebook or on YouTube, make sure you go to YouTube. Go to youtube.com. And Peter Report TV, that's our, our Peter Report page. We've got a lot of cool, exciting stuff coming up in addition to the Peter Report podcast. Wait till you see our draft shows coming up. We've got some amazing draft stuff coming up mm-hmm. for you guys. 
uh, in just about a month, John. Holy smokes, this offseason is going by. I guess this Fly. is what happens when you win the Super Bowl. It's March 24th. We're going to be in draft mode in like 35 days. So it's yeah. how, how quickly uh, this offseason uh, passes when when you've been covering football into February. Yeah. Oh, it's it's absolutely wild how fast it's been going. And I know it's going to the draft's going to be here before we know it. Like you said, we are going to have a lot of awesome stuff lined up for the fans for sure. Uh, one of the other interesting aspects of the Bucks right now, Scott, is that they are in position to be, I believe, I, as far as I can research and find, they would be the only team, if Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown come back, they would be the only team to bring back every single starter after winning the Super Bowl. So yep. we'll see if that happens. It appears the market is a little thin for both of them right now. Things drying up for Leonard, especially it appears, but that is – that's a great position to be in, period. You bring back a guy like Blaine Gabbert, you're set at back of quarterback, and so you go into a draft with very few needs. And we'll say this over and over again, but it needs to be said. Yeah. When the Bucs pick in the first round, it's going to be best player available. It's, that's right. You know, there are not going to be many positions that are off the table yeah. for them. No, you're, so that's, you're right. that's how we got to approach the first round. It's probably going to be a surprise player. It's probably going to be a player. I mean, we're, we're going to try to cover all the bases. In the next yes. 35 days, we're going to be looking at everything from cornerback to yes. offensive line, defensive line. I mean, uh, it, you know, I, I think Warren Sapp killed the chances of the Bucks taking a defensive tackle. There, there really isn't one. You and I have studied the position. Sapp kind of confirmed it. Um, Levi Onzariki is a guy that, that is maybe, you know, he, he may be the top guy, um, but probably a reach at 32, you know? Yeah. If so, he's there at uh, 64. At 64, yeah. At 64, you know, you consider taking him. Uh, for sure, and he'll probably be gone in, in somewhere in the second round. It might not make it that far, but but uh, just uh, again, if you're just joining the show, and the great thing about the Peter Report podcast on YouTube is you can always go back because they're all archived there. We've got Donovan Smith extended for two more years, so it's really three years because he's already under contract this year. And then you've got Indomica Sue coming back, right? One-year deal for Sue. It's going to have some voidable years in it, but it's practically a one-year deal. At about the money that he played for last year, around nine million, John. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the Bucks have their their red line in the sand that they don't yeah. cross. And Adamicus Sue said the same thing. He's like, "Hey, I had a better year this year than I did the previous year. I had six sacks. So, did you watch the Super Bowl? I got a sack and a half there. I mean, right. Jack Barrett only had one sack in the Super Bowl. So, uh, good to see Adamicus Sue coming back. And like you said, John, you get Antonio Brown back, you get Leonard Fournette back. The whole gang is back in terms it's of crazy, artists. right? And you look across the NFC and you don't see a team that's better than the Bucs, at least on paper. Now you got to go yeah. out and do it. It doesn't mean anything until you do it. But at the same time, that's for the team to worry about. Well, us, we just value what we see. And, you know, that's yeah. our job. And and right now the Bucs are clearly, though, I don't think a lot of people would have said this yeah. even a couple months ago, but the Bucs are clearly the favorites to repeat as Super Bowl champions, which uh, is at least get there in the NFC. I mean, even if you give yeah. the Chiefs or Bills an edge in the AFC, that's a discussion for another time. But getting right. there in the NFC right now, mm -hmm. There's just a lot of holes for everybody else. The other teams are going to need some other thing, players or people to step up in their yeah. team or sign or acquire somebody else or have a great draft. Right. And the Bucks, they could they could not take anybody in the draft, and I still think they'd be the favorites to win. The I game. agree. And you know, uh, Charlie Abram, uh, Abrams mentions that they like Greg Newsom a lot because they've had that that Zoom call with him. John, mm -hmm. we found out that they've already had two meetings with Demetric Felton, the UCLA running back slash wide receiver slash kick return guy. They met with him at the Senior Bowl where he had a touchdown in that game and really kind of wowed people as a wide receiver. But he played running back last year for the Bruins 
And, uh, and so maybe he's that pass-catching guy out of the backfield that they, they look at on day three. We had the Bucks drafting Felton in the fourth round, uh, which you know I think that's probably about where he is. Mm-hmm. I think he's a day three guy. He's more quick than fast. He's not a big guy, kind of work done size, but not work done top end ability. I think he's he's a day three right. guy. But you know, for for someone that that could help out in kick returns, which really had been lackluster the last couple of years, until um, Jaden Mickens, even though he got arrested. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he did a, a great job in the playoffs, yeah, man. Like Super Bowl he was he was yeah. a big impact he guy. I loved it. He did. Well, speaking but we don't know if he'll be around, so Felton's That's true. Sense. Speaking of big impact, John, if you want to make a big impact, maybe if you want to get one of these fancy schmancy pewterreport.com t-shirts, we have them in gray, we have them in black. That's fancy, wow. We also have them in white. Wow. And you know how to get it, John. How do you, you get, get it? it? Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is, is purchase one of the fine products at Manscaped from our partners at Manscaped. John, let me tell you all about it. Because you weren't on the show yesterday. I'm going to tell you. I died here. NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same same way that you like to gamble on football. For all the draft geeks out there, we've got an exclusive 20% off promo code pewter at manscaped.com. Let me tell you what that's going to get you. Before I do that, let me just tell you about the products, right? Your favorite team go defensive back in the first round. We already talked about the Bucks. maybe one Greg Newsom if he's there, the Northwestern kid. Not sure about that, but I am sure that with the lawnmower 3.0, uh, you can get your, your D back. This guy right here is what we're talking about. Because of the ceramic blade and the skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. Now, once you look in the mirror, not right now, but after the podcast, do you see any nose or ear hairs dangling out? Well, look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. I know Mrs. Reynolds thinks the same thing. And I'm telling you right now, this thing right here, this is the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. That's the solution. Why not use the best tools for the job? Now, I'm not 50 years old like Mark Cook is. I'll be 49 next month. Uh, Mark has to use this for the ear hairs. I'm not quite there yet, but the nose hairs, everybody's got them. And this is the tool to get the job done. The performance package comes with the new improved lawnmower 3.0. It also includes the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Performance boxer briefs, which I'm actually wearing today, John. Wow. And the travel bag, they call the shed. This is a really nice quality Great travel bag, bag um, that you can use when you're done quarantining. And also some liquid formulations like the the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, these bad boys right here. The Crop Preserver, this is the anti-chafing ball deodorant that ensures that afternoon strolls don't end up with your ball sticking to your leg or smelling like eggs. The Crop Reviver, this is the spray-on toner, John, for your balls. It's made with aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your testes a little boost. So for a limited time, subscribers – to manscape not they don't get just one you get two free gifts you get the the shed travel bag which is a 39 dollars value and you get the patented high performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs that are that are fantastic am i kidding john about the briefs you're not kidding they're fantastic they are so get 20 percent off plus free shipping use their promo code pewter at manscaped 
20% off and free shipping with the promo code pewter at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at Manscaped, using that promo code pewter. It's time to turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. And, and of course, John, I think the best thing for the Pewter Report fans out there is we're, we're still giving away these shirts. These have been really popular, okay? They are. They're great. And uh, we also here, let, let me let me spice this up because we've had a lot of good uh, feedback when it comes to uh, to the t-shirts. We've given a lot of these away. But we also have five of these bad boys. This is Champa Bay. This is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Unforgettable 2020 Championship Season. This is a great collectible book written by our friends Greg Allman and Joey Johnston. So if you want one of these instead of a Pewter Report t-shirt, we have five of these to give away, just five. So the first five people that email me at srpewterreport.com with your proof of purchase, your receipt from Manscaped showing that you made a purchase with the promo code Pewter, let me know. Do you want Champa Bay, the book, or do you want the t-shirt? And if so, large, extra large, whatever size you want. And let me know if you want white, black, or gray. Yeah. Email srpewterreport.com, sr at pewterreport.com. Great stuff. People think my facial expressions are funny during that part, but honestly, the chat is the part that makes me laugh the hardest. <laughs> some of the some of the comments got me <laughs> rolling every time we do that read. But Manscaped, really great products, and no question about it, they are top of the line stuff. They're game changer type of stuff. You know what I mean? Cody Jackson with the $10 super chat donation. Cody, we very much appreciate appreciate all the super chat donations today. Really, really good stuff yep. uh, from all of you in the chat. Uh, very, very grateful for that. So the Bucs, what, what's what's on the horizon right now for the Bucs, Scott? Well, here's the situation, Bucs, as we currently stand. Here are the remaining free agents for the Bucs as they uh, are looking to still sign a couple of their own guys before they yep. call quits on this year's free agency. Antonio Brown, uh, Leonard Fournette, we've talked about them at length. Steve McClendon, will he retire? Does he want to come back to the Bucks? They would be interested, right? If if he yeah. if he wants to keep playing, we'll see. Uh, yeah. The only two Bucks to have moved on are Joe Haig, uh, thank goodness, and Andrew Adams. Those guys have moved on to greener pastures. Uh, Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> actually, Joe Haig signed with the Steelers, so I'd, yeah, right. that joke is really on me. You go too far, uh, John. I just played myself tremendously. Yeah, forgot about that. You're still going to be watching him, Joe Haig. They gave him like four and a half million, dude. I'm sick. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, Blaine Gab they saw him drop that pass in the Super Bowl. They said, All right, we'll sign him. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert, uh, Ross Cockrell, uh, Brian Griffin. We'll see what happens with him. LaShawn McCoy, will he retire? Will he come back? Josh Wells is a swing tackle. I imagine he'd be a priority. We could see that done shortly. Anthony O'Claire hasn't really developed into the blocker they thought they had a couple years ago. Is it time to give up on the O'Claire experiment after Joe Haig was playing over him? Uh, as the blocking tight end essentially last season. Yeah, I think from a roster standpoint, they figured it out, right? Instead of having that fourth tight end, you know, take up some space, unless you're a really good special teams player. And and Anthony was, but he's had some injuries, right? And right. And, and they just they've already got so much money tied up at the tight end position with with the fifth year option for OJ Howard with Gronkowski's contract and then with Cam Braid as well. It's right. just a luxury. And I think that that whoever that swing tackle is, if it's Josh Wells and they have been talking to him, he maybe he comes back. Um, that might be how they use uh, an offensive lineman that they draft or Josh Wells in right. that Joe Haig role as an extra blocking tight end in 2021. Right. Right. Kenyon Barner also a free agent. TJ Logan a free agent. I know Bruce Arians spoken highly of him before, but hasn't been able to stay healthy, get out there, make an impact for the box. Dale Buchanan, we'd expect to, to be elsewhere. 
Uh, AQ Shipley is retired. He's a coach on the box now. Uh, so yeah. good for him. And that's it for the free agents. So not a lot of big names. Obviously, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, we await your decisions uh, to figure out if all the Bucs will be back. To some extent, Ross Cockrell, Blaine Gabbard as well. See what happens with those guys. And then will they sign an outside free agent? Mercedes Lewis will not be a Buccaneer. The people in the chat, the good people in the chat have let me know. Mercedes Lewis has decided to go back to the runner-up Green Bay Packers in the NFC. Imagine such a decision. I want to win a Super Bowl before I retire. Well, you picked the wrong place to do it bud should have come to tampa bay didn't probably not his fault actually uh he yeah. will be back with the packers this year so still looking for potential number three tight end but also cam Braid hasn't been cut so i don't know what to do about that so yeah we'll see what happens lots to determine about the bucks still this offseason through free agency and through the draft we will keep you posted on everything that goes down here on another edition of the pewter report podcast out out <laughs>